What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Grab the Sticks podcast. This is episode 21. My name is Joe Wilson, and, join, and joining me today is Floyd Bishop. Floyd, how you doing? Doing pretty good. good, uh, good. We do have another guest this week joining us, which is yes. Neil. Yes, What's up? Do. What's up, everybody? How's it going? Thanks for having me on. Appreciate you stopping by. And I, I know we've been trying to uh, get or at least record a podcast in the past couple of weeks, but it's, you know, life. Yep. scheduling i find a way yeah but no no yeah I'm, I'm i'm glad you reached out and you know gave me a gave me an excuse to dust off the mic and the webcam and get everything set up again so you know definitely definitely happy to be here and talk game uh, games with y'all tonight appreciate you appreciate you stopping by uh and honestly let's just jump into what the hell we've been playing because uh uh it's been a hell of a month in terms of yeah. video games so uh, right off the bat, I just want to talk a little bit about Sifu. Uh, and Go for it. God, what a hell of an indie game to start off the year! Like, uh, for folks who don't know what Sifu is, it is a beat 'em up, uh, pretty much, yeah, a beat 'em up kung fu, uh, game fighting game made by Slow Clap. Um, They've worked on titles such as Absolver. I know that's one of their games, um, but yeah, it's it f- f- scratches that uh, kung fu ma- mastery uh, type of itch that honestly I didn't know I wanted scratched. But when it was revealed at, I think it was a either a state of play or a uh, the uh, one of the PS5 showcases. It yeah. it I instantly was like, ooh. This looks interesting. The vibe's just off the charts. Yeah, like for it, sure. it really is. Like, uh, man, I don't. It's yeah, it's it. If you're a fan of martial arts films, you definitely would love to check this out. Um, the uh, it is yeah no uh, like it's it's I mean like I you know I I played it I beat it and it's like. I yeah, I'm with you because it's just like it 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 it's cinematic in a way that like yeah. you know the action is just that's why I said the vibes are just off the charts, right? Because it really does go for that like you know okay let's let's move the camera this way to where it's like that side by you know the side by side shot and like you know you're recreating sort of the daredevil hallway fight scene and then you know I mean just I mean just the different levels like each level has its own like kind of unique spin on it um the club one was my favorite like loved yeah. the club scene like yeah. just you know the yeah, lighting right. the music like yeah it like you know that was like the john wick level right like i mean yeah that's another sure. thing right like you can kind of see like you know okay like the first one we're kind of going for like you know authentic you know asian kung fu movies you know just in terms of the setting and the vibe and the feel of it um, and the second one was kind of more like Americanized John Wick style. 
um you know and, and just like yeah each each you can see each you know level has its own sort of like feel to it um yeah. but yeah i'm with you man the game's just unreal especially like the third boss fight where it feels like a it feels like uh kill bill at the end yeah during that, yeah. that boss fight like again slight spoilers but i'm not really I haven't gotten to it, but I've seen it, and it's like holy shit! I the the play way this. it messes with, like you know, like it dabbles in like mystic, you know, because like it, you know, when you start the game up, like it's it's very straightforward, you know, it's like all right, mm-hmm. cool, like you're this dude, you're going out for revenge, like you know, but then like yeah, like when you go to each of the bosses and they kind of have like a uh like some sort of mystical spin to them, it's like oh okay, like what are y'all doing here? And then like yeah, like that third boss fight was just like. That just like because I thought that level coming off of the club level was like, all right, this level's fine, like this level's cool. But then like the supernatural stuff started happening and then it kind of culminated in that boss fight. And I was like, Yeah, like I see what you guys are doing here. This is crazy. Yeah. And um yeah, it like I said, it just fulfills that whole niche of uh old nineties, eighties uh kung fu movies. And granted, it is a very difficult game especially if you're not into like beat em ups or don't have great timing. I would highly recommend just waiting till there's a patch for it. Cause I believe that there was some news about a difficulty slider for it, which yeah, they, 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 they announced like in a future update that there's going to be, I don't know if it is a slider or if it is just like, Hey, this is like the story mode where if you yeah. get through and experience it, here you go. Um, but- so yeah, like let's definitely. Be real. Let's be like, real though. The story doesn't really matter. If you want to just go kick somebody's ass, some people's ass, right. definitely give it a shot. And I think it's like 20, 30 bucks, maybe, maybe yeah, four. Yeah, I think it's much. thirty. And then the the there's no reason I don't. I mean, I think the deluxe version gives you like some art book or something. But like the real selling point of the deluxe version was that you got the game like four days early. Yeah. The yeah, the only unfortunate thing. Yeah. The only thing is like the first day that it came out, it wasn't working for people who pre-ordered it me uh but like later on in the day i was able to jump in and god i i've so where are you at like did you beat it like what level are you on i'm still in on the third level because i've been going back and forth on trying to go through each level as uh as fast as possible without dying and i've gotten through one i've got i've like I've done the first level. I've done it like at least 10 or 15 times just to make sure, okay, I can get through this. Then I'll go to the next level and try and knock that out as, uh, with as little as least amount, the least amount of deaths as I can. And I think I've got whittled that down to like, tw- uh, age 24. Uh, and then I'm trying to get to the next one and try to do that as quick as possible. First beat it, then get it to where okay i can run it a couple more times if i need to double back to the beginning of the game at least try to unlock as many of the different abilities you can the fighting abilities you can get so that way they're permanently unlocked that way if i decide when i actually decide to actually to beat it i can try and do a run where i can just power through the entire thing without you know Try hopefully not die as much. And right. just I think if you if you want to, you can play the entire game in 
it, if you beat them all, you can probably get through it in like an hour. Yeah, or it's, it's not long, but like, yeah, the, the the whole crux of the game's length is you're getting your ass handed to you. Yeah, repeatedly, or at least I was. Yeah, and that's one of the, that the whole death uh counter thing is another selling point for me. Like, oh, if you die, you come back and you age up a year, and if you continue to uh continue to age, your health will end up decreasing, but you end up getting uh your damage goes up. So you will end up getting that old man strength, and we all know old man hit really hard. So, but that that that's what had me messed up too, because it was like you know, not I mean, well, I guess not messed up, because yeah, you're right. Like the, it, they, I think they balanced it well, where it's like yeah, they made you stronger, but then you know you're taking more damage and or not taking more damage, but like you have less health. Um, because yeah, it was you know for me it was like oh man, like the game gets harder as you you know as you proceed to die so yeah like there is that incentive to go back and replay and yeah levels yeah that has me something interested as well because i i don't watch a lot but there's some people that i watch that do like speed running and stuff so i was kind of wondering like if you're then playing sifu like is some of the like run going to be you just die so that you just do more damage since you can already dodge the enemies that you fought hundreds of times before on other you, runs. You could min max it that way. That, yeah. That yeah. wasn't, that wasn't something I had, I had considered while I was playing. Cause you know, I was, you know, I, when I approached it, it was like pure survival, right? Like mm-hmm. just get these levels. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I could, I could see people like there was one encounter. I don't want to spoil the last level for you, Joe, but um, there's basically, or not the last level, the fourth level. Um, there's one encounter where like you can kind of go along the path that it gives you. Mm. And, um, you know, you, it leads you to a room full of enemies and it's a tough fight, or you can just jump down the ledge. You'll die. But when you wake up, you'll be on the ledge having bypassed all of those things. So like, there's like kind of some souls esque, like it's not frequent, but like, yeah, I could see people like, yeah, tossing themselves, you know, or like, okay, kill me until I'm age 40. I think it's every 20 years. So it's like 40 or no, it's every 10 years. Yeah. It's 30, 10, 40, so, 50, 60. Yeah. Um, but you get that, that buff and debuff. Yeah. And, and then it stacks. Yeah. So I honestly, I really, really, really like Sifu. Uh, I, I do want to go back and finish it. So that way I can, you know, say that i finished it and then maybe if i'm feeling if i decide to try and platinum it will it actually yeah. happen probably not because there's that uh beat the game at 25 and under that's gonna be tough okay, and I, I i think there's one for beat it under 25 and there's another one for 40 i think i could do 40 yeah, yeah. that that seems doable 25 is like, oh, you got to perfect every nook and cranny of that game. Um, but some people have done it. So, yeah, I mean, and yeah, kudos to them. Cause yeah, like I said, it was, I was in pure survival mode. Like I'm not a, I'm not a difficult games guy. Like I get frustrated very easily. And, you know, sometimes I like to be handheld um, through some things or, you know, at least just to, you know, for the sake of experiencing a story or something like that. So when I do play a challenging game, you know, especially knowing that it's challenging ahead of time, like, you know, it's, it's always like, it's always a struggle, of course, but then, you know, I would probably put Sifu among like, you know, the top 
10 to 15 games that I've played in the last, you know, five, 10 years, just because of how that feeling of satisfaction, you know, like, um, you know, and I know that's why a lot of souls fans play those games because, you know, it gives you that. So, you know, I haven't, I don't use it often, but when I do it, it, it resonates a whole lot. And that's why Sifu, I, I feel so strongly about it too. Hell, and because of Sifu and getting that timing of the parrying down, I went back to uh, uh, Sekiro for like a little bit, and I ended up beating a couple of bosses. I beat Genoshiro. I I at the the Guardian Ape right now. Let me tell you, that shit's fucking hard. But <laughs> I I got in that flow state where okay, I'm getting it. I can do this. I'm not, well, I'm dying, you know, a shitload because these are hard games, but I'm learning their patterns and trying to, you know, actually beat these bosses. Mm. My God, this guardian ape is kicking my ass though. Yeah. I've heard enough about that fight to know, like, I want no part of it. Yeah. So I'm not going to say anything about it because what the fuck? But anyway, uh, Speaking of Souls games, there's this little indie game by uh, this From Software Studio. I've heard of it. Uh, they released this, you know, Breath of the Wild ripoff called Elden Ring. Never heard of it. Uh, I haven't either. It's, you know, only. <sighs> what a game. I mean, like, are you kidding me right now? Like, and that's the thing, right? Like, you know, piggybacking off of what I just said, like, I don't do hard games. I don't do Souls games. Like, I played Bloodborne for, like, an hour, and I was like, I'm I'm good. I get it. Like, you know? And, like, even the original Demon Souls, I was like, oh, yeah, I've been hearing a lot about this. Let me check it out. And, like, distinctly remember, do I buy this or do I buy the OG Borderlands? And I played Demon Souls for, like, three hours. I gave it a shot. And I was like, no, I hate this. I can't do it. And I've held a grudge against Soulsborns my entire life since then. Um, and, yeah, I mean, like, what a game, right? Like, I'm I'm... You know, I'm like 50 hours in at this point. And just yeah. Every time yeah. there's failure, it's like, okay, well, I'll just go do something over here. And come yeah. back later. Yeah, I think I'm like 15 hours in maybe, but that's because I've been stuck in. I've stayed in the first area just trying to level up as much as I can. Maybe go grind and get uh, runes just so that way I can over level and try and. Yeah. Put, uh, push through these bosses, but I think I did beat Godric. So okay. After that, I like I finished the castle, and I'm like, okay, what do I do next? Because I I like the say it saying, just go figure it out, go do whatever the hell you want, but point me in in a direction, please. Because yeah. like I I like at least knowing, hey, here's this thing that you actually have to do. Here's a button so that we can say, or here's a waypoint or a point in the map where, hey, go do this or go explore and do whatever the hell else you want. Yeah, it it does do that, actually, but it's very vague because whenever you rest at a bonfire, whenever you look at your map, there's like those yellow lines that come off of it, Yeah, which point you vaguely in in the the direction that the game thinks you should go, where it's just like, hey maybe it's over there and then you just kind of go that way and then again because there's just so much stuff you'll usually get sidetracked anyway but that also kind of helps you a bit because then you can like 
do some stuff you just find on the way there and then that'll get you readier for like the bosses and stuff that you need to fight um which is nice uh but yeah i i'm deep into the game i'm like just under 145 hours and like i'm at the point where like i can go beat the game now but i'm trying to get like everything that i can possibly before i do like new game plus but like there's a lot that like i'm still like finding stuff out about and like exploring and being like oh this thing's here that i just didn't see the first time i was in this area and then going and doing that um but another reason I really, really like it is it's the first like open world game in a long time that every part of the map has felt unique and different from like the other areas that you've been to. Even if like architecture wise or like environment wise they look similar, like there's stuff about it that makes them all like feel unique and cool. And I feel that helps a lot of people like feel interested in exploring more because like you're at a spot that you've is familiar to other stuff but there's still like that underlying unknown element of like okay what's over here in like this area and stuff yeah no i think you nailed it because like and and it's it's weird because like i i see the breath of the wild comparisons and i think they're apt but Mm -hmm. even like they're so totally different in terms of like even just like how their the world is like yeah it's like breath of the wild was like it was about these short like little like victories as you were um you know exploring those worlds you know finding a korok seed or you know doing a quest and like you know things that you would kind of knock out yeah. on your way to the big main objective where Elden ring very much is like just go like you know figure it out go and like you know it's it's been interesting because like you know for one the the open world like the way everything's sort of placed like kind of to piggyback off the point that you were just making was like they all feel so uniquely yeah. designed like none of it feels like it was recycled or re-used. yeah and, and even then like parts that like i guess design wise are similar like how there's multiple castles but like mm-hmm. every castle you go to still feels like unique like some of them are just like little tiny things other ones are like giant like massive sprawling multi-level areas so and and none of the space is wasted right like you're riding around in the open world and you're like you're still finding you know those Mm -hmm. still kind of like those short victory type situations like a group of you know enemies that are guarding a smithing stone or you know Mm -hmm. a a sacred tier over here or like yeah uh, you know even like okay like full-blown dungeons right like you know Mm -hmm. when you're exploring the world it doesn't feel empty um, yeah. yeah everything feels purposeful it it's interesting as well though because i've played basically every FromSoft game like this the only one ironically that i haven't played is dark souls 2 and that's the one that everyone says it plays like a lot um and i think the interesting part about that is i uh i forget if they were the main director or the co-director of dark souls 2 but uh they're the co-director of this game which I feel is why a lot of the inspiration and stuff kind of feels like that because like going through it, there's so many things that I'm recognizing from like other games that they've done before. Uh, Even if it's just like very small things that like aren't really affecting me and my playthrough, it's cool to just see as in the game. 
Uh, like one of them is uh, a thing that was, I think, only in Demon Souls, is that if you're blocking and you have a spear, you can still attack. And that hasn't been in any of the other Souls games except for this one. And then now they even have the other thing too, where like if you're blocking with a shield and you get hit, you can do a counterattack right out of it with your like heavy attack button, which is a really cool idea because I know a lot of the stuff in the Souls community is just like, oh, you can just roll and stuff. But having a shield and a lot of encounters and stuff is very helpful because it can block a bunch of stuff. And that's and, and that's what I'm learning with like you know as i'm you know relatively new right like this is the deep definitely the deepest i've gotten into a souls like um because like you know it is learning and understanding just the animation and the breakdowns of like okay when i dodge Mm -hmm. this way while i'm holding my shield like this is about how long i can expect this to take or like you know, yeah, if I need something in a pinch, like, you know, I can dodge this way, I can do this. Yeah. If I counterattack, you know, like, if I time it this way, like, you know, I lunge forward, I get a little bit of extra distance, and, like, yeah, that's 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 the part that, like, you know, makes these mm-hmm. boss fights so rewarding. Yeah. Yeah, the bosses are very good as well, because I feel with that, as well, like, a lot of them feel very unique. Uh, I know that there's some people who are bringing up that, like, some of them are recycled a little bit too much, especially near, like, the later part of the game, because some of the bosses just kind of become, like, regular enemies that you can find in, like, certain dungeons and areas. Mm -hmm. Um, But even then, for me, like, I don't think that's very, like, egregious, because that feels almost, in a sense, like, kind of rewarding in itself, where it's like, oh, yeah, like, remember this enemy from the beginning of the game that was, like, really hard and like might have killed you like five or ten or a dozen or so times like now they're just a regular enemy that you're able to encounter and beat regularly yeah that that blew my mind was seeing uh, a certain boss come back at some point and was like Mm -hmm. oh oh, okay like it's it's not over necessarily Mm -hmm. yeah it it's very cool to just see like all the stuff. And then too, like, I think based on numbers, like this is the biggest game that they've released like by far. Cause I forget what it was the other day, but it passed like 12 or 14 million sales, like already. And it's like not even been a month. It's, it's a full blown cultural moment now. Like, yeah, you know, it's, it's all over TikTok. It's all over Twitter. Like, you know, Mm. my mother who is, you know, borderline gamer like you know she has a switch she plays animal crossing like you know she's she has her interests you know like but it's not like she's like you know listening to podcasts or you know checking twitter or going on gaming news sites she's like yeah what's this elden ring game was that you know like like she's hearing about it like it's and like that's the thing it's like not only is it breaking into the mainstream which you know like games like halo and call of duty and like that that happens right but like for a game that's that's traditionally this niche to do that it's crazy yeah the way that i've looked at it is uh elden ring is to is to the souls genre what persona 5 is to shimagami tensei in general Mm -hmm. like you have this one game that uh for like the souls games in, in general you you have this rabid core niche group that are 
praising the hell out of it. Like this, these games are great. Sure, they're hard, but they're great. And you get enough groundswell of of people learning. Okay, I've heard these games are good. I might dip my toe into like maybe this one here or like Bloodborne was one of the w- bigger ones that came out and people really enjoyed it so much so that people are, you know, friends of ours, a uh, friend of the show, uh, Joe Moran, uh, AKA Mr. Bad bit loves the hell out of it and is chomping at the bit for Bloodborne too. And so are a whole lot, a lot of other people. But then you also see like, the next one, uh, Sekiro. I'm, I compare Sekiro to Persona 4 Golden in that this is the one that captures people's uh, attention, but the next one is the one that, okay, all of these people are going to actually jump in and mm-hmm. give it a shot because they hear all of the yeah. positives and praise for the series in general. Um well, but, it checks off a lot of those boxes, right? Like, you know, think of games that, you know, Grand Theft Auto and, and you know, Assassin's Creed, those games that, you know, have those hardcore ba- fan bases that do branch into more mainstream success. Um, you know, it's it's open world. It's, you know, it's fun to play. Like, it's, you know, like, it, it, it's got a lot of things that those games have, but with the caveat of, like, this game's going to kick your teeth in. <laughs> yeah. And also, you know, people have you know uh, george R. R. martin is uh, one of the writers on the game so that brings in another audience of high fantasy nerds who will eat the shit up um, that's what i'm saying yeah it's, like, it's a perfect storm of just like yeah like because yeah i mean game of thrones didn't end hot but like that wasn't his fault um i mean so, yeah, he, didn't write the book. Like, oh. he didn't finish the books so it's that's kind true of it's kind of his fault <laughs> but yeah it's it's insane to see the entire timeline just blooded with you know runs of uh, that people are doing or different builds or how to how to farm uh, runes on in this certain area or just people's outfits or so or weapons and all this extra crap it's like god this this might end up being i'm it might end up getting bigger than Fortnite, and that's my i'm i know i'm reaching but you see where I'm going. It's like, I mean, it, I feel in a way, honestly, it kind of has just based on the Twitch numbers. Like here, let me look it up. Right yeah, it now. depends on, it depends on your like, metric. Like yeah. right now, like it still has like a hundred K viewers on Twitch. Like it's had that much since it's come out. I think like, I remember on launch day, it had like 500 plus, which is insane. Yeah. And it's then like, since then, it's like, it's gone down, but like, gradually like i think last week it had like 300k and then like it still had like a lot of people watching the crazy thing is and i have to let me let me see if i can fact check this but i saw some sort of ridiculous stat that like 70 percent of the people who played elden ring at least once have beaten the first boss which just blows my mind because you know i mean they intentionally made him a little bit more difficult than some of the later bosses and it's kind of a way of saying like hey if you can beat this guy like you can beat the game you can beat these other bosses and so to think that like you know it's found mainstream success but also like it's teaching 
you know the mainstream audience like yeah a hard as shit game isn't exactly the worst thing you know like you can you can have that experience and get your teeth kicked in and still you know have enjoyment there like and so you know i think i think you are going to start seeing a shift from you know like the big triple a eas and ubisofts and and you know to to do that you know to make their games more difficult but in a more purposeful way right like not just like level gating you for stuff yeah but the one thing i will say though i really hate most of this some of the souls community in terms of like oh you're you, you shouldn't use magic. That's just uh, yeah. you're cheesing it. Or you shouldn't use summons. That's not the core of the game. Like it's in the mm-hmm. game. If if there are summons, if I can summon a group of do- of wolves to come fight for for me, so that way they can take some aggro away from this boss, I'm gonna do it because yeah. it, screw it, it, it it's funny because the Souls community. I feel like whenever there's like a new game that comes out, everybody's like, "All right, this is like the way to play it." But it's like then you have to do like the grandma meme where you like putting her back in like her bed, and it's like, "All right, grandma, like time to go back to bed." Yeah, like we get it. Like that. Like it's a meme for us, but we've also played all the games, so like we get it. New people don't. Because they're like, well, this is just in the game. Could I use it? And it's like, yes, go ahead. Like, yeah, play. I've I've never you can had a use problem. whatever. Yeah, I've never had a problem with someone being like, oh, you didn't play the game the right way. Because it's also like, it's in the yeah. game. Like, uh, yeah, like, yeah, and that's and <laughs> yeah, that's my justification. Like, like, and, there's, and there's a two- lot of uh, bosses and stuff that like I've played co-op with people and like yeah. I've beaten with them. Like, I'm not gonna be like, oh, you didn't beat it because I was there. Like, no, they did. Like, it's not there now. Yeah. And like, that's the, that's the thing. Like there's two, two points that I want to make, right? Like for one, like this is a, you know, a genre and like, this is a game that like actively goes out of its way to screw you. Right. Like, you know, it's not like these enemies are standing right in front of you all of the time. You know, sometimes they sneak up on you. Sometimes it's, you know, things bug out. Like it's not a perfect game by any means. So it's like, if the game itself inherently isn't fair, then you need to fight inherently not fair as well. So it's like, who cares? Yeah. Um, but yeah. then that's the other thing. Like, you know, you bring up co-op and all of these other things. It's like, it's, it's a game about community. It's about going on. Like that's, mm-hmm. it, it may not have been on the design board while they were, you know, designing the first demon souls or the first dark souls. And like, you know, subsequently iterated on it, but I think it's very much purposeful that they have built this community of people who are like, so, Oh yeah, definitely. And people who can say like, Oh yeah, I went and found this and you can do, you know, it's, 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 you know, recreating like what we all lived in grade school of like, Oh yeah, I heard you can, you know, get, you know, Mew in Pokemon if you go do this, that, and the other. And it's like, you know, being able to go online and get advice or seek help and you know then you know overcome these challenges it's like that's part of it right like it's satisfying when you get to do it by yourself Mm -hmm. you know you did that but then also it's great when it's like hey look like i need a little extra help and then there's a whole community out there to help you yeah yeah it's cool too because even like the community aspect like even if you're not directly talking to people like there's an interesting way that the souls games do it where like you can see how people died or they can just leave messages anywhere in the game mm-hmm. to like help you granted well, they're usually like very small but and not very not yeah. not helpful at all let's be real yeah most there's, of them aren't like helpful. you get one in maybe a hundred that's like actually helpful to you yeah. But, yeah. I mean, sometimes that you know, it is like watch out for this, and I'll be like, okay, like, gotcha. Yeah. 
but then there is the one I had yesterday where it was like, watch out for enemy on right, and he came from the left. And I was like, oh, you asshole. <laughs> like, but yeah, it, it's a great, it's, it's great. Like, I definitely agree with both of you guys. Uh, I, I'm not sure how much longer I'm going to get continue playing. I'm probably just going to chip away everyone every now and again, just like, okay, let me see if I can get to a new area. Let me see if I can uh, upgrade my, my swords or get a new sword or find some baller ass, uh, out, um, armor because you know i've been rocking the samurai uh get up for the entire game that i've been playing granted it looks dope and the uji katana is a great uh weapon but i need something else because like i've seen other people with giant great swords that are like why how why can i get that oh it's not until late game all right fine i'll just i'll just would deal with it later <laughs> it no it, it takes me back to you know playing a game with a strategy guide and like yeah. you know accepting that like okay look like you're not you're not like i don't know i always have had this like internal like struggle with strategy guides and it's like well you know do you want to go out and explore and figure things out for yourself because that's really rewarding but also like you know what's all the cool shit you're missing right and so yeah. you know like I had to tell myself to turn that part of my brain off and mm. it's, it's just made the game so much more enjoyable for me, you mm. know, like just being able to like, yeah, like, you know, what am I going to do today? I don't know. Let's go check on YouTube and like, Oh, this guy's got this sick ass thing of armor and he's, you know, okay, where do I go? And, you know, I'm engaging with gaming media. Like I'm, I traditionally don't watch like, you know, gaming YouTubers and Twitch streamers. And, you know, like I always try and like, Oh, let me, you know, play the game myself and like if i need to look up something like you know for help or advice like we'll do it that way but yeah. like i'm doing it you know as a way of being like oh okay cool like you know these creators are going out here and discovering these things let me go and you know discover them and and so i'm engaging with it you know in a much more different way than i used to um and like i feel like that's gonna like when i look back on you know game of the year top 10 games it's like you know that totally it's shifting the way that i like interact with video games yeah yeah okay. it, it's cool too because for me like it's obviously opening a lot of people to this like genre that they haven't really played before but it also kind of highlights because a lot of people are basically like praising it for like every reason that we've talked about and more but like it kind of highlights too why now like there's a souls like genre with like other games which for me is like the most impressive part because there's not many games that have really done that that have like created their own genre like you have Castlevania and Metroid which made the Metroidvanias then you have Rogue which made the roguelikes and then you have like the souls like games which are inspired by FromSoft and all the games that they've made. PUBG Fortnite's so, probably the only other ones that I would say, you know, in terms of you know, the Battle Royale. Yeah, that's definitely the most recent because they've kind of made the new like Battle Royale like bubble and everything. Um and yeah. like there's obviously more than that, but they've kind of just been around for so long that they're just their own thing now. Like there's like platformers where it's like you could probably call those like Mario likes if you really want to. People are gonna look at you weird. Yeah. Um, but the, the thing too is that you know games were doing it before Mario, you know, like there yeah. weren't 
you know, Mario was just the first to do it the best. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Like, Souls, I think the Souls genre was like, yeah, in and of yeah. itself. Like, it was like it its was own mix match of all this stuff that people liked about other games. Like, they just came out at the right time. So, yeah. Gotta love, love a good pregnant pause. Gotta love a good pregnant pregnant pause. Uh, Floyd, what else have you been playing, man? Um, aside from Elden Ring, uh, I've been playing a bit of Tunic off and on. Um, I'm at the part right now that I'm getting to the very end of the game, I believe. Uh, which is very cool. Um, and then kind of going back to what you were saying earlier, Neil, it's cool because the main collectible in this game are pages of a strategy guide, which give you little hints about things you can go do around the world. Uh, even in like very small ways, like there's one page where you can find like this little bubble with like a bunch of like, uh, like doorways that have like eyes on them that like give you a little bubble in like a language with like runes that you don't really know. And they're throughout like the entire game and in like the book and everything. Um, but then you find out, like, if you go in them, you can find, like, a merchant guy who's got, like, things you can go buy with, like, the currency, whether it's, like, bombs or other stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, but even with that, like, it's cool to see a lot of these, like, not necessarily Zelda-like things going on, but kind of, like, capturing that very old school action adventure game like concept because it's not very long uh i think i've only been playing it for like let me check not that many hours i think yeah i'm only at like 15 hours and like i've kind of just been exploring and a lot of it has also kind of been lost every now and then like trying to figure out what to do next yeah the game's Um, very it it it, more so i think than elden ring i think it's 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 obtuse in a way that like it shouldn't be because yeah. and like and especially for like Elden Ring I get it because it's like it's a big open world the imperative is to explore but with Tunic like the, the levels are so much more contained and smaller and like they connect and it's labyrinthine and kind of elaborate but you know when you're like in an area of like three or four squares and you need to figure out where to go next it can be kind of frustrating to yeah I I do like that the game is i think it's very small it's only like two, not even 2 gigs i think which is the most like impressive thing for me just because like there's a lot to do but at the same time like when you go to every like level it feels like you can kind of go and like beat that area in like probably like an hour and then like, explore everything and all that which is kind of cool to see um but the other thing that's kind of neat is that as you explore, you'll find like, oh, there's like a hidden path right here that you've never seen before. And you're like, oh, now I can go from like this area to here. And like, it kind of has me interested on like other playthroughs because now I'm like, okay, well now I have all of this knowledge of like all of this stuff in the game that's not going to change with like all these pathways. So now you can like kind of play out of order. Um, like, I think there's an achievement that you can get, which there's like, uh, I looked at what they are because I was just curious. And a lot of them are just about like kind of doing things in the wrong order than like you, oh, that's you cool. probably do your first time. 
uh, like there's one area that you go to uh, probably last or like later, which is like this like mine area that like there's a lot of these uh, like obelisk things that are broken. And like if you go near them, like your max HP is like drained. So like your health bar gets slower as you like are near them. So you need to like escape. Um, but uh, there's an item in there that you can find, which is really only used for that area, which is like a gas mask. And it makes that like not happen which is interesting and of course you find it in that area after you've like dealt with it for so long um but there's another item in there you get which is uh like a magical weapon which is really strong and one of the achievements is you get that before the first sword which you can do but yeah. it's kind of hard but there is a path you can find up in like this one area like higher up on the map that like basically leads directly like above where you find it so like now that i know where that path is like i could probably go get that achievement like kind of easily but it's still yeah, kind I... of cool to see that they're putting stuff like that in the game where it's like you can play out of order and there's a reward for that yeah so. I, I bypassed the shield like my wife mm -hmm. was telling me like oh yeah like did you find the shield did you find the shield and like because she, she her and i were playing it totally differently um, where I was like kind of just, you know, trying to find the path, right? Like the main path. And so I was like, yeah, like inevitably, like I'll come across the sword, I'll come across the shield. And like I mm -hmm. found the sword easily, no problem. Um, yeah. But yeah, I was like, man, yeah, like it's taken me a while to get the shield. And, you know, she pulled up a video and I was like, oh, yeah, no, I did not go that way at all. And like, yeah, yeah like totally, totally bypassed it. So, yeah, that, that's another thing too that I kind of think is neat is probably the biggest like zelda easter egg or like nod for me is like you wake up on the beach and then like mm -hmm. the first area you go to like there's a cave slash house with like a lit like door where it's like oh you can go in there and uh you don't find the sword you find like a stick which is like half as good as the sword i think in terms of yeah. damage so like i thought that was kind of cool yeah, uh because again yeah and it's again like you can go in there or you can don't have to up to you player um but yeah i remember like the first day it came out i was exploring and in like the very north part of like the starting map you can find like this one area that i don't even remember exactly how i got there i was just like exploring and found like i think a hidden path and then like a ladder that went up there but then you find like a magic wand which is like probably the better magic thing for me because the projectile is really fast and it works well with the lock on but it also does quite a bit of damage and doesn't use that much mana so i was like oh that's kind of a game changer now that i have like a ranged attack that's also really easy to use so i've been using like that a lot um uh it's cool too i like that there's multiple kinds of bombs which kind of have their own, like, unique flair. Like, one of them is just, like, an explosion, and one of them's, like, a fire AoE, and one is, like, a freeze bomb. So, like, it's kind of cool that they each have, like, their own uniqueness to them. Uh, and even then, like, there's a thing in the game which is kind of cool. In, like, I think one of the first manual pages you find where it gives you, like, a tooltip on, like, what the items do. And at the bottom, there's, like, a little, like, tip thing. Uh, that's like, hey, if you throw a lot of bombs, like something special might happen. Uh, which, if you do, the more for like an item that you like throw or use for bombs, 
uh, after you throw like a certain amount, every time you like rest, it'll give you like a certain amount for free. Oh, nice. So you, so you don't need to go back and keep buying them now because like, I think like where I'm at now in the game, like I think I have like five free like of the regular bombs, which I, I don't know if it's the cap because I kind of wonder if it just keeps going as you like throw more bombs. Um, but yeah, it it's been really cool to just like explore everything and then also find out like there's secret techniques for like some of the gear you can find, which is cool as nice. well. Uh which some of them it says in the manual, like when you find enough like pages, uh, others uh, you kind of just can find on your own. And there's like yeah. one or two that I like, I've found that I don't know if they're intentional, but they might be uh, like, I didn't know that if you throw a bomb, they have like a fuse time, but if an enemy attacks it, they detonate right away. Hmm. So I don't know if that's intended or like a bug but if it is, that's kind of cool. Yeah. But. Yeah. And I mean, like, you know, I, I'm not going to make the, the souls comparison, but you know, it is like, you know, kind of like what you're saying, like that old school sort of like figure it out on your own. Like I think games yeah. just embrace that more, especially indies. Um, yep. So yeah, like it's, it, it can be frustrating yeah. at times, especially, you know, juggling Elden Ring and like the, that style of discovery versus tunics style of discovery. They're very different. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, like I, I think once I'm at a point where I'm like, I can put Elden ring to bed or I have, you know, I can finish it, say that I finished it, whatever. Um, I, I want to, I do want to play tunic because it, I, I feel like, I, I feel like I want to get that same sense of satisfaction of like, yeah. I didn't realize like when you, you were mentioning the the main collectible being that guidebook, I just thought that that was the tutorial, you know, like, Oh, okay. Like stumbled across here, found, you know, how to play the game. Right. Yeah. And like to know that those are kind of persistent throughout and like, you know, it's constantly teaching you new things. Yeah. That that's kind of the cool thing about it too, is like, they're all side collectibles that like you can find. They're not really like locked behind puzzles or anything like other games. Um, but there are some that uh, it kind of gets you a little bit with like progression where like you can't get them unless you have like this item or something like that. Um, but then once you get that, it does kind of like have that thing where it's like, Oh, now I have this thing. Like I can now go to all of these other places that like I've seen before that like, I didn't know what this was, but now I have this item that lets me do this. Maybe it will let me do that. And then you can like go try that out and stuff. Um, Which the last game that kind of did that for me was a link between worlds because in that that game, you get a bunch of different items that you kind of rent from the store before you buy them. So if you know, like, Oh, I'm going to this dungeon where like, I need the fire staff to like activate the light or something like then you just go buy it, go back to the dungeon with whatever gear that you know that you need for like the puzzles and stuff and then just go from there, Uh, which is really cool to kind of see like another game do something like that where it's like, oh, yeah, now you have this gear, which just unlocks all of this stuff. So. A lot of Zelda inspiration in in this episode. If you can't mm. tell, we kind of are Zelda fans, but definitely. And I I love the fact that there are so many games out there that are embracing different 
aspects of Zelda games. So, like, yeah, yeah. It even I mean, even as recently as Breath of the Wild, right? Like, I know everyone yeah. hates making Breath of the Wild comparisons, but like that, yeah. It, it clearly, like, in terms of not only Zelda game designs, but like just overworld game designs, really said, like, yeah, like let's like here are some really good new ideas that a lot of other games could really benefit from. You know? like, yeah. I think, you know, I think Ubisoft is a really popular and famous target um, because yeah, like there, there isn't really that sense of discovery. It's let's go to point A to go to point B. Like that's yeah. it. And, like, you know, I think some more games start to embrace like a little bit more freedom plus a little bit, you know, incentive to explore. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I think, I think it's going to just make games better in the long run. Yeah. Like I do like, I do enjoy some games that have, okay, here's all these boxes that you can check on this, in this game. And you can just go wherever the hell you want to check off every little marker if you want, or just go do whatever you want. And having that dichotomy of having the switch between uh, Elden Ring and Horizon for me has been kind of, uh, it's been enjoyable, but it's also like, oh, I really want to continue doing this and get through the story because it's great. But there's also, I want to go fight this giant boss that I have no idea what it's going to look like. But I also want to see, like, what else I can find in this, uh, in this you know world. Mm-hmm. Again, post-apocalypse shit is like, for Horizon, anyways, is looks awesome. And high fantasy is another like nice segue from or a nice dif- differentiator between the two. So yeah. I don't know. I we've got a plethora of just man, video games are great. Video games are great. Um yeah, and like that's the thing too, where it's like not everything has to ape everything else, right? Like I know like a lot of the conversation around the Elder Ring has been like, all right, cool. Like yeah, how how can Ubisoft make you know their games and like how how can these yeah. you know people who make traditionally overworld games adapt and and they don't have to you know like it, mm-hmm. it can be like you know people people you know buy and play Ubisoft games despite you know the 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 the, the same sort of structure for all of them yeah um you know people are gonna continue to play and buy those games as long as you know the action's cool and they deliver on the promises that you know, they've made in the past, you know, the, the, the kind of games that they've always made, um, you know, and, and that's great. And, you know, same thing for Elden Ring and Souls Likes and other games where it's like those games can't exist and, you know, they're not going to be for everybody, but, um, you know, it's, it's just great to, yeah, like video games are great because like you, you're not limited to just one genre anymore. You know, you're not, you're not even limited to one style of game within a genre. It's not like, oh, okay, well, I really want to play a fighting game, but like Street Fighter is not my jam. Like, oh, okay, like you. Yeah, now there's like a bunch of, yeah, like Tekken, Soul Calibur. You have like Grand Blue. You've got Guilty Gear. You have all of these games that are technically the same genre, but like they all have their own. Yeah. yeah. Some people would argue and say Smash Bros. isn't a fighting game, though. Right, right. Of course. And to those people, I say you're wrong. Right. But. But yeah, yeah, and that's the thing where it's like, yeah, even within open world games, now we're starting to see like, okay, the GTA, you have the GTA likes, 
And then you also have like the Breath of the Wild likes. And then you, you know, like you're starting to see more branches start to form where people yeah. are starting to understand, like, oh, it, it doesn't just have to be dots on a map. Like it can be like, you know, here's this big empty, you know, open space, and then you can explore. Yeah, and you can make your own story on like how you decide to tackle this area compared to that area. And, you know, not everybody's gonna have the same experience as that you had. And you know, that's always, you know, good, a good yeah. way to test if a game is or an open world game ha is good in terms of like you and I could have totally different approaches to, say, a base uh, an enemy base encampment. And it's well, at the end of the day, it's still like fun. Yeah. As long as it's fun, then it shouldn't matter how you decide to tackle a certain right. And even I mean, that's the thing is the definition of fun is different for everybody, right? Where it's like, you know, traditionally for me, if you came to me and said, hey, Dark Souls, open world, I'd be like, that doesn't sound fun at all. But it's like, you know, I mean, and, and you know, that's, you know, there's a lot of people who are like truly would say that. Um, but yeah, I mean, like it's, it's, you know, if there's one thing that you don't like, there's a million other things that you do like now. Um, and, you know, I think, that, you know, when as long as triple a developers continue to take risks and like experiment and like try different things in their games because that's the thing is you know traditionally people look to indie games to kind of innovate but like nobody's got the kind of you know ability to make a game at like elden ring in scope on an indie budget yeah so like it's up to these big publishers to take a risk on like okay like this is super ambitious it's kind of risky it's not going to make us mm -hmm. a whole lot of money but it could change games you know yeah and so like seeing bandai namco continue to do that with from software like it's you know good for them right mm -hmm. yeah I'll, I'll admit too like i kind of am in that category a little bit with some games like for a long time like i didn't really play jrpgs that's just because like for me like jrpgs was like when you look at like super mario rpg or stuff like that where it's like are right, you your party you've got like the text box below where it's like all right attack defend whatever we're like wasn't super appealing to me um but then like final fantasy 7 remake came out and like that's got like a different combat like style where like there's more of like an action approach i was like okay i'll probably try that out because like i know the final fantasy 7 like story and everything but like i haven't really fully experienced it i guess from like playing the game um and like so i was like all right i'll try out remake and like then i played that and i'm like all right i i definitely get it like i get why a lot of people like like these characters and stuff now uh and then i know another one that i played because joe plays it all the time apparently i don't, for, I don't play well, not all the time but you play it all you talk about it a bunch is a uh, yeah. sona 5 uh, pretty good game which, which even Just, with that i was like all right i i haven't played like many jrpgs so like i'll give it a try and then, like, once I kind of got into it, I'm like, all right, I definitely see, like, why people like this. Because, like, it's definitely got more of, like, those old school vibes where it's, like, you have the different party members and, like, gear and stuff. But, like, it's, like, kind of a fresh or, like, unique take on it that, like, makes it interesting. And I'm like, all right, this is this is kind of cool. Like, I get it. It's neat. Uh, and those are like the most recent two that like I've played. And then now there's like more that like I've thought about playing. Uh, like I know that like there's the triangle pr 
strategy game that like just came out, which I haven't heard much of. I didn't even know it came out until like the other day because my friend Ben is like a big fan of that studio, and like he mm-hmm. made a tweet or like he posted a tweet about it. I was like, oh, that came out. I didn't know that, so I might have to give that a try just because it like it looks really good. So yeah, yeah. I mean, I think there's a balance, right, with games in general, where like. Mm-hmm. I, I did challenge myself a couple of years ago to like, yeah, I'm going to play more JRPGs. And it just so happened that that year was 2017 and we got Persona 5 and we got Nier Automata and we got, you know, like just yeah. bangers. And so like, you know, understanding now where it's like, you know, you don't even have to be a JRPG fan. You know, like mm-hmm. you don't have to force yourself to be a JRPG fan just because you enjoyed, you know, Final Fantasy. But every once in a while, you know, one will sneak up where it's like, okay, yeah, let me, let me give it a try. And that's how games like Elden Ring happen. Right. Yep. Um, yeah. No. It's funny that you you bring up Final Fantasy VII remake because that's like literally that's my favorite game of all time, the original. And you know, like that. You know, going back to the point I was making about AAA developers experimenting and trying new things. Like, I think if you had shown ten year old Neil, like, hey, this game that you love and enjoy, you know here's the exact same thing but it's like action oriented i probably would have been like what no like you know weird purist you know response yeah. to it and it's like mm-hmm. well no because they experimented on it and they nailed it now i've got two favorite games you know like i have two two versions yeah. of my favorite game now that i can enjoy and well play. well it's cool too because there's also so many games that have just like grown as they've like been like a series uh like a good example that I can think of off the top of my head is like the Lego games. Like mm-hmm. those still have like the same like art style and like a direction that like they've kind of been going in for like the past two decades now almost. And like the new uh, like Star Wars game that they're coming out with looks like very ambitious and so different than like the first game that they made like all the way back on like the PS2 that you're like, that's like this is a different game but at the same time like it's not really because it's got its same roots and like core and everything but now there's just like a lot more layers they've attached to it that they've figured out how to make work so absolutely gaming is great gaming is great i love it floyd you want to talk about destiny and the the witch queen uh i could so okay Catch me I haven't. I've been out yeah. of Destiny for a long time. So I want to know what's going yeah. on. The, the Witch Queen is very cool because, for me at least, it feels like this is the one that Bungie's kind of been building towards since like the Activision Blizzard split like a couple years ago now. Um, because there's definitely been a lot of like not downtime, but like times in the community that like you can tell that like okay, like, I get what they're going for, but, like, doesn't exactly, like, land all the time with, like, some of, like, the narrative stuff or, like, things like that. Um, But now, like, they've done a lot of work, especially with what they've done now where there's, like, the seasons and stuff where every one of those has, like, a storyline that's, like, interesting in some way with, like, certain characters and stuff. Uh, so just in that regard, it's cool to kind of see these characters that have kind of been like in the background a lot now, like coming on to like the stage kind of for like their solo for like a season or, or a couple where it's like, all right, now like this person's doing this stuff and like, here's kind of us helping them now with like the yeah. problem. Uh, 
but it's also good now because a lot of the stuff is actually like sticking around with like the narrative and stuff where it's like all right now like the big thing that happened with like shadow keep was like all right well now we're finding out like what this weird like darkness thing is that was hinted at at like the end cutscene of like the base game of destiny 2 after you like beat the campaign and now uh with witch queen they're like going all in on that where they're like all right this is the next big thing that we're doing this is why you should like is like this is why it's important and stuff uh uh which they definitely do with like the raid and everything because that's when they've started to now set up a lot like enemies and stuff which is kind of cool um it's also cool because i've never really played like mmos or stuff where like there's been a raid so like destiny raids have kind of been like my bread and butter because it's like the main experience that i have and it's really cool to see how they implement this in like an fps game because yeah. i don't really know many that have done that no the yeah. only other one i can think of was like the division two because they're like we're gonna have a raid and then like i don't know if they had another one um, yeah, they, I mean, and that's the thing is like, I mean, I played World of Warcraft so heavy back, like from, mm-hmm. literally from not quite launch, but like right up until like when the first expansion came out all the way up until, you know, not the most recent, but the one before it. Yeah. Um, and it's like you, I, the first time I booted up Destiny, you could see so much of the connection between like, oh, yeah. this is what you guys are going for. And it is like, mm-hmm. yeah, like just go out, adventure, do your own thing. Once you're strong enough get a group of you together to do something a little bit tougher and then get like a really dedicated group of people to do something even harder. Um, yeah. It's awesome. Like, yeah. Like, and, and the, the, the fact that destiny Two just handles like a dream makes it, like, that's why I played it. Yeah. Well, it well, that's a reason too, that I still play it a lot is because whenever there's like downtime or stuff where like, there's not big games like Elden ring or like even games like tunic that come out that like, I'm interested in playing like destiny for me is like, always just there in like the background and like there's always like stuff that i can go do um and like now they're getting so into the seasons and stuff and like getting on their groove where like every week now there's like a new seasonal thing you can go do even if it's only like an hour like it's cool to see that like okay here's like just this little bit of progress towards like this next thing and like sometimes like there's interesting like cutscenes or like character interactions or like dialogue that like kind yeah. of get you to like think a bit. With a lot of the Witch Queen story stuff, is that stuff still being presented? Like, is it being presented in cutscenes? Is it like you know a, a little bit? I think that the campaign though is definitely one of the more stronger ones that they've done, just narratively, because it's an interesting like idea and like an interesting hook to like get you into it, where it's like all right, now one of our, like, bigger adversaries, Savathun, has, like, the light, which is the big thing that, like, gives us all our abilities and stuff. So a lot of, like, the marketing and stuff that they had leading up to it, and even in the campaign, uh, which was kind of cool to see, is, like, there's all this stuff where it's like, all right, well, what, like, how did this happen? And, like, uh, a lot of the marketing and stuff presents it kind of as, like, almost like a detective story, where it's like, all right, now we have to figure out, like, how this happened and like what are the ramifications and stuff and like a lot of the story and everything kind of reflects that as well um because savathun's whole thing is she's like the hive god of like trickery and like witchcraft and everything um so 
it takes place in her throne world, which for Destiny, uh, basically the Hive have this thing where they kind of can create these like pocket dimensions in reality where like they can kind of govern what happens there. So it can be like anything that they like can imagine can essentially happen. Um, but as a result, they're all like very unique and different from one another. Uh, like I know in Taken King, we went into Oryx's and his was just basically his ship because that's just where he is all the time. So that's what he kind of wanted to have it be like one-to-one, but like now he can do all this like crazy stuff there. Um, whereas hers is this interesting mash of like a very regal like castle that's still very alien, but like everything in it is like very white and like colorful with the architecture. And there's all these like very like vibrant, like red and like, green and purple plants and stuff like everywhere that like look really cool um and then outside of that it's just like a swamp which is like a complete 180 but it's also interesting because it kind of shows like a little bit of her kind of like mind and like how that's influenced like the throne world where it's like maybe she's not all there in a sense because of how the world is presented and stuff uh, and then as you get into the narrative, you then find out why that kind of is the case, which is interesting. Um, and then uh, it's another thing, too, that Destiny's kind of struggled with every now and then, where, like, sometimes they have stuff that, like, runs on a little bit too long with, like, the narrative and doesn't always, like, wrap up. Uh, whereas for this campaign, like, they do that, actually. And, like, That's everything cool. does wrap up, like, near the end. And then now when we're at like, all right, what do we do next? That's yeah. kind of where like there's a few things that happen with the campaign afterwards that like you can do is like quests and stuff. But that's also where the season picks up for like the first one going in like the next year where it's like, all right, well, we have this other person now that we're working with, uh, Keitel, who we've done some stuff with over like the past year. Um, and her whole thing is she doesn't like the hive because... Uh, Savathun's sister, Zivu Roth, who's like the Hive God of War, uh, basically went to the Cabal homeworld and like destroyed it completely and has like been on the offensive against like the Cabal Empire. Uh, so she essentially took like a lot of the people loyal to her and like fleed and then kind of like came to our solar system now. And then in a season last year, she basically showed up and wanted to have like sort of a competition to see if like we could have an alliance because like that's how the cabal customs are they're very like warrior like and everything like that um and then after that we basically like formed an alliance with her and stuff uh and her character is really cool as well because she's very intelligent and also like honorable with a lot of the stuff that she like does so like whenever she like does something she like actually means it and everything like that um which is kind of cool uh and a lot of her stuff like reflects that so like the season now is uh we're dealing with like the ramifications of like all of these hive that now have like the light like trying to go to these different areas and like she's basically helping us like take them down and stuff uh and that's where the season is at right now uh, I think they're planning on doing some stuff later on, but 
that's kind yeah. of still yet to be seen, I guess. Yeah, that's uh, a tough, tough part about like storytelling with a live service game, especially like when you're Destiny and you have these seasons, you know, and so like each season kind of has like, you know, a narrative focus. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you're still also still trying to sell expansion packs. So it's like, okay, how do you yeah anyone who's buying the expansion like how do you start and finish a a narrative thread Mm -hmm. while also leaving breadcrumbs to you know kick off future seasons yeah i i know that was a thing that a lot of people had issues with the last couple or expansions because like they kind of had that or it was like they weren't really wrapped up the best and like there wasn't really like yeah and there also wasn't like a very clean like transition between like all right here's the expansion now what does the season do? And like sometimes there's like a bit of a gap there, so that was a bit iffy. Um, but now they've definitely started to like hit their stride again with like a lot of the story and stuff like being interesting to like the players and stuff, and also like having an actual impact on like characters in the universe and yeah. stuff. So, uh, and then the end of the Witch Queen campaign kind of reflects that because uh, the past few expansions, they've been doubling down on like the darkness is like this next big thing that we're building up. Uh, and at the very end of the Witch Queen campaign, uh, we get a cutscene with this character called the Witness, who's been talked about a lot in like a lot of the lore and like other cutscenes. Um, and this is the first time that we've like actually seen them like in game with like their design. And they're very weird. Everybody's been making memes that they look like Megamind, but it's kind of right because they do have that like sort of outfit with like the like uh, like the leather hood that like goes out like behind them. And they've got like the black like like sleeves that like are also gloves and like they look very alien, but also like different than anything else we've seen in Destiny, which is very interesting. Um, and then they're basically setting them up as like the next big antagonist and everything. So that should be interesting to see how that nice. kind of rolls out. So yeah, I always like I like I always like it when Destiny's riding a high, you know, like because you know that fan base is always going to be there. It seems like, and it's just it feels mm-hmm. you know like the waves of positivity around you know like when they're hitting their stride or when they're really nailing it. Like they're definitely yeah. It's enticing to me, even though I know like there's there's a definitive end point, you know, for me. It's gonna suck away your life, you know this. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I'm not I'm not I'm not getting sucked back in. But it always like hearing the Destiny community loudly cry, like, yeah, this is this is good, it's always like it, it's hard to pass that up. And yeah. now Bungie has some Sony money behind them, so yep. who knows what they're gonna end up. I am curious as to like what a third destiny would be like especially now that they are they're still independent in air quotes but they're backed by sony so they'll have like if they want you know narrative help from uh, one of the other sony first parties or they can also help sony's you know games in their multiplayer uh structures lord knows gt grand turismo 7 needed it Oh, definitely, because they were down for like 24 hours and nobody could play. That is. Yeah, that was like after a patch, right? They like patched something and multiplayer just broke everything. And it's just like, 
oops. And it just seems like they're they're not getting microtransactions right at all. Where yeah. The patch that caused the thing to, you know, that caused their servers to crash or, you know, the service to go down was making it grindier. Yeah, that that's people. the weird part for me nowadays with games because like I'm wondering how much of it is like the studios like they look at games and they're like, okay, well, games have microtransactions. Maybe we should do that to like get appeal, or like it's a marketing thing from like other higher up like studio execs that are like, hey, you guys should have this stuff, and they're like, uh, okay, we can try. Uh, so I'm kind of like wondering with a lot of these studios like how that kind of plays out because I know that for a lot of them, it's probably a very different story one way or another. Yeah. Um, yeah. Those reports that Sony is looking to potentially pivot to uh, more service-based games is a little, yeah. um, but mm-hmm. I think as long as they're doing it mainly, you know, through like acquisitions and new studios, mm-hmm. that's great. Yeah. Rather than taking your existing studios and like telling Insomniac to make a, you know, a service mm-hmm. game. Yeah, to make you know, God of War. Well, well, I'm interested as well because I know that like there were a bunch of studios that like with the launch of like last gen consoles or the newest gen consoles, they're like, all right, well, maybe now we'll have seventy dollar games, and like there's been a lot of people who have like doing outcry against that, and like I know one of the few that was like, yeah, we'll do that was Activision Blizzard, uh, and now they're owned by Microsoft, and Microsoft didn't really seem on board, so. That's probably one horse out of the race that was going to do it. Yeah. Uh, And I know that Sony's doing it now. And I kind of see where they're coming from because it's a lot of their like own studio games that are doing Mm -hmm. that. And like with those games, like I'm fine doing it with stuff like that because like they're giving these studios like a lot of stuff to like make these games and everything. Um, So, yeah, I know. I know, like, I was picking on Ubisoft earlier when we were talking about open world design, but I think they do their microtransactions the best when it comes to, like, being full-priced yeah. games. Because a lot of their <laughs> stuff, too, is just like, hey, here's a DLC pack. And, like, yeah, here's here's cosmetics, stuff. or here's a little yeah. supplemental thing. Here's an XP boost, or, you know, yeah. like, nothing like, with the game I, is designed. Yeah, to, like, like the one it. that I played a lot was Siege, and, like, that's all that was. It was like, all right, you buy, like, the pack, where it's like, you get the next operators that come out over, like, the next year, uh, or you can buy skins. That's really it. And, like, for me, like, that's all I really need. Because, like, if there's a skin that looks cool, I'll probably get it. And even then, like, there's ways to get a lot of the skins in the game, like, through just playing the game. Because, like, you get in-game currency that you can spend on stuff. Including the operators and everything. So, like, that worked out really well in, like, a complete loop, kind of. Yeah. Once you start locking, like, core game functions behind... Mm-hmm. Paywall. paywall that's when you get and like that's the thing with grand yeah. Seven, it's the cars so like if you're making the cars more expensive so that you can pay for boosts like that's you know like that's you know the the, the your direct enjoyment of the game is at stake there whereas opposed to like yeah. just saying oh hey here's like some skins for the your car yeah, yeah that that's always been a thing for me with like modern game design that like I've never really understood whenever there's like things that definitely like feel like they're kind of not necessarily put there to do it, but like they kind of just like divide the community of the game. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't know why you would like put this in to do that. Cause like yeah. I ironically, going back to Elden Ring, like that's a big thing with like a lot of these bosses and stuff and like also why like 
the standard difficulty like makes it interesting for players because it's like oh well like how many attempts did it take you to beat godric or like what did you use to fight like this guy or like the tree sentinel or stuff like that and like there's kind of that like common ground that everybody has like because everybody's kind of at like the same level in a sense like that so yeah and that's i mean yeah that's and that's the thing where it's like they're you know, like the only real explanation is just, all right, cool. Like they can, they're able to, and people are willing to spend for it. And like, that's, you know, that's the unfortunate reality. Cause it's like, yeah, why, why get good when you can just pay some money and kind of bypass what's blocking yeah. you. Yeah. But it's just, it's tough when it's a $70 game, you know, like games like Fortnite and, you know, I mean, even Fortnite's all cosmetic, but even like the more egregious, like you know, mobile games or gotcha, you know, Genshin impact where it's like, they're clearly like a little bit more predatory. Like those games I yeah. get cause they're free. Like you, you don't, you're not paying anything up front, but to, to buy a $70 game and then like a week or two later be like, Hey, buy some money so you can buy more cars. Or it's NBA 2k where, Hey, here's this hundred dollar version of this game. Right. You have all these, this virtual currency. Oh, you want to get to max level? You're gonna to have to fork up another fifty dollars, and it's, you're not gonna hit your level cap. Level cap is gonna be at like eighty five, and you have to continue to grind so that way you can get to the ninety nine overall. Oh, you right. still gotta pay us so that way you can get it, get to it quicker. Yes, I'm ta- talking from personal experience because I play a lot of NBA two K, and I hate this shit every time it comes up. But yep. at least the gameplay is good for the most part. Otherwise, it's cheesy and it, and I hate it to to death yeah i i know another game like that that gets a lot of talk from the community every time is fifa because fifa has that too with like the cards you can buy for like the Mm -hmm. players on your team uh i forget what the mode's called but there's like a a mode you play where it's like specifically with those characters but it's Uh, like not ultimate team right yeah ultimate team. team that's what it is uh but like Aside from that, there's just like regular multiplayer, which like everyone gravitates towards instead because they're like, yeah, I don't want to spend a lot of money to have like a 99 rank team yeah, or like play it with like a 70 rank team average versus like a 99 rank team. And it's like, okay, well, what do you do then when they have like 12 messies on their team? Like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Like it goes back to what you were saying earlier about fragmenting your audience. Right, because like yeah, like there's just I, a group of people that just are not gonna fork up the money, and so then it's yeah, like, All and right, it's well, like, well, then they're just yeah. not gonna play the mode, and then like you don't get feedback from them or like anything other than like this is just bad. It's just so, yeah, it's that whole marketing to the whales thing where it's like yeah, you know, like let's just let's just sell the game to who the people who are gonna spend the money on it and design the game around their feedback. Oh. Unfortunate. It is unfortunate, but. It is what it is. The only way that we can stop it is just don't play it. Don't buy it. But, you know, some people, people enjoy it. People don't. More games like Elden Ring, please. Or (laughs) even if they're not hard as hell, like, just you know, more games with that level of, you know, attention and detail put into it. And, you know, and maybe that's, you know, selfish of me to say, but like, you know, games that value my time versus my money. Speaking of games that value your time, let's talk about Horizon Forbidden West. Oh my god, I love this fucking game so much. Uh, yeah, 
like, and you guys, you guys have touched on games that should have, uh, or studios that should have time to incubate and, uh, love and care put into their game. You can feel it within just, just starting up the game. You can feel how much time and effort has been put into horizon. Um, and this is what happens when you're a big first party studio and uh, your publisher gives a shit. They give you time to do, to make any changes or design uh, designs that you want for your game, which is one of the yeah. reasons why I love Sony's first parties. Cause they're given like this game was made in like five years and you can see it uh, because of like, at the facial animations, the general, uh, the character designs, their, uh, the way that they look, the environments, just it's gorgeous. It is yeah. incredible how I I love this game, and I feel so bad for it because this is twice that Horizon's been sh- going to be shafted for. Not or any recognition because the last time that it that it came out, it was next to uh Breath, Breath of the Wild. Wild. Yeah, and it was now like it's a coming. week before Breath of the Wild, or like the same week or something like that. Yeah, and then now they put out an incredible game, but what what comes out five days later? Elden Ring. And it's like oh. fuck. I but you know it's it is what it is. I'm glad that it they took their time. And I guess they didn't have crunch, which is, you know, nice that these people didn't kill themselves to to put this game out. But yeah, it's, it's, uh, y'all, y'all need to play it. If you're, you're, I've been playing it a bit off and on. Um, I, I got to the part where, uh, it's like, all right, you need to go find the stuff around the world and like, you kind of pick and choose like which one you go to. Mm. Uh, and then I just went to the one furthest away because then I could just keep exploring the map and stuff when I was playing. Um, so that's what I did. Uh, but uh, I I like it a lot. I I thought the first Horizon was good. I wasn't the biggest fan just because like I felt there were some things where it's like I feel this could like be fleshed out a little bit more or like mm-hmm. this could be a little bit better. Yeah. Yeah. But I feel with the new one, they solved a lot of those problems for me. Like, and also too, like there's a lot of like new stuff that I think is cool. Like there's newer, like weapons that all feel like neat, like how you can just throw a spear at a dinosaur now. And it's also an explosive because why not? It's the future. Uh, uh, I really like the boomerang weapon as well. That's like my favorite new addition. Just oh, because yeah, like it's about. got a very small skill curve. Cause basically when you throw it and it comes back, if you catch it, then it does more damage and it's good for like getting rid of armor. But if you catch it three times, then it just becomes a bomb and it just blows up on contact, which is really cool. Yeah. Um, so, uh, those two have been really cool additions. Uh, I think there was another one. I don't remember what it was. Um, but it's just cool to see them having like, oh yeah, here's like a few new things that are good. 
Um, but I also feel like a lot of the uh, like world design is really good this time around as well. Like the first mm. one, which I thought was also really good. Uh, but like in this one, I just feel like they've kind of just like gone up a level somehow. Uh, like I remember there's one like kingdom you can find where like all the people there are like farmers and like have like a nature look. And yep. like their kingdom is just like built on like this old satellite array that like all these plants and stuff have kind of overtaken and like grown between. That's just like this nature kingdom. And I'm like, oh, that's a really cool like idea in like design for an area. Uh and then too, with like a lot of the new robots, it's kind of cool to see them doing like a hybrid between like, okay, here's like a bunch of like modern animals that we're doing that are new but also like here's all these dinosaurs that we didn't have already like you have like a, a triceratops and then like the play or the paleosaur like the Loch Ness monster s1 and uh like the velociraptors and everything too like it's cool to see them like bringing in these new things to like keep it fresh but also like they don't leave the old stuff behind because that's here too if you like that so that's kind of cool to see them in like their whole progression model and everything that they've been doing. Yeah, that's and that's the thing with the original Horizon is that like even though I would say it didn't age well, like I think it laid a good foundation so that mm-hmm. was like, well, they could really go nuts with it. Yeah. And, like I'm glad that you know you're saying that yes, they did go nuts with this one. So it makes yeah. me a little bit more excited to pick it up and play it. And I'm gonna get yeah. it eventually, but it was just I had I was trying to do a replay and I was just having so much trouble like just relearning the game yeah i feel like you know i guess there was just some things that i didn't notice my first time just because breath of the wild distracted me um that like yeah like it it didn't really do a great job of teaching me like the you know more intricate parts of the combat um and so that led to a lot of frustration so i was like i'm gonna hold off on the second one um yeah but yeah no definitely want to try it out yeah one of the main things that you'll notice is in the first compared to the first one is they feel like not stoic isn't the word i want but like in terms of like facial animations it kind of feels off mm-hmm. in and in uh forbidden west it, they're more lively you'll actually see like wrinkles yeah, they're very stiff in that first yeah one. yeah they were stiff in the first one this one they're it feels like they're putting on an actual performance in terms of like conversations that you'll have with them Mm -hmm. and it's it's impressive how they were able to pull that off in and it's again it's only been in five years but you know technology changes in five years so seeing it it's yeah it's it is it is impressive and i'm glad to see like the next step that they took in terms of just like animation or combat is still combat was one of the things that i felt was it was good but it could have been better and this one feels oh yeah they're more you could you can attack these uh it still feels good but there's still little things that they could improve on like uh one uh like uh uh melee combat it feel it feels a little stiff but they've added like different combos that you can learn or um or and if you want to like train your uh 
up your combat level, kind of, is you in the uh, like skill trees, you'll add gain like it depending on how many points you decide to put into it, you'll add different like different combos in general, like um and you'll be able to do like um these melee pits where you'll be able to just continue to test those out and if improve it or if you don't want to just don't want to worry about melee combat at all you don't have to deal with it at all and giving you that choice to okay I want to be more, you know, just focused on ranged uh, weapons. You can do that. I want to just focus on, you know, bashing these things with my spear. You can do it. That's and, good. Um, yeah, just seeing the different iterations that they've done compared to the first is, it is, um, it is uh, refreshing. But yeah, the the world is just gorgeous in general. Like in the first one, it was it was incredible to look at, yeah. but now that I got this big ass sixty five foot uh, a sixty five inch uh, HDR TV, it's like holy shit! This game is gorgeous, and the different environments wait. are like you start off in uh, basically like foresty areas. You can go to a desert. You can go to the mountains where it's snowing all over the place. You can go to a beach. Like holy shit! This game is incredible i haven't gotten to the beach yet i've only been to the mountains and the desert and it's like i can't wait to see what other environments that they implement into the game but for for now i've been i've, I've been very impressed yeah the, the area that i'm at right now is like the rainforest zone which i think leads to like the beach and like the coast uh and like that area is really cool to kind of see because it feels very like compact but also like open because you can obviously see through all the trees and stuff mm -hmm. um but yeah it's really cool and like there's one area that like i found where it's like a kingdom that's or not kingdom it's probably like an outpost or something that was like abandoned now there's like a bunch of like the monkey robots there so like that's kind of cool because like they have a thing where like uh they throw out like this like sensor bomb thing and like if it detects you then like they like freak out and like all like attack you at once so like you kind of want to be like a little bit stealthy there which is kind of neat um but yeah it it's very good and i really like all the environments like you were saying like being very diverse and like unique still which is cool um because a lot of the biomes in the first game kind of felt very samey a lot of the time yeah because like you had like the one area that was like all right it's kind of like mountainous and like there's some areas that are snowy and like a lot of the map felt like that. Yeah. The foliage looked the same, like the rock, like kind of looked the same. And so like there was yeah. a whole lot of diversity, like even though there were like distinct biomes within those mm -hmm. biomes, it would all kind of look the same. Yeah. Yeah. And then this one, it feels, Oh, you can see like, Oh, here is like Vegas. Here is like, parts of Colorado you can see a little bit of Utah and you can definitely see when you get to it you can see San Francisco and it's and how nature would take over it uh, it yeah yeah it's 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 incredible and I can't wait to see more cuz I think I'm like maybe 30 hours but then again I've been like trying to explore and 
find check off all those little boxes which i've said but i do enjoy the fact that oh i can't i can't get to this yet so let me go ahead and continue on with the story so that way i can get a uh this new item like a rebreather to in order to dive and do go cliff cave diving or let me get this thing that will blow up these uh this rock formation that i can't do it now but i get it later and continue to you know like a metroidvania like i don't have this power yet but i can come back later and get to it if i want to and yeah i've been i've been focused on doing all that and uh it's it's so it's yeah it's good it's great and i like i said i feel so bad for horizon because they've gotten shafted twice and i hope that the next one they're able to not come out next to like one of the more popular games ever but it is what it is Listen, I will there's s- no guarantee there's no guarantee elden ring wins game of the year this year god of war ragnarok is still supposed to come out allegedly That's true yeah god, allegedly I, it, 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 it's it's i mean it would take a lot um but yeah i mean this this year's just stacked like even if even if horizon hadn't come out so close to elden ring i still think you know like there are going to be truly great games that get lost in the shuffle this year just because there are so many truly great games coming out this year yeah and like we don't even know like if some of the stuff nintendo's doing is going to come out this year as well like breath of the wild could haven't heard anything about breath of the wild they've been saying like hey we'll give you more info at a later date and that hasn't come yet so there's also i don't know there's also final fantasy 16 that Got well. They announced that they were going to show something, but they had to delay that because you know, yeah. COVID. So, yeah. seeing maybe they'll show something. I, I don't expect it to come out this year. Yeah. But the I'm new Kirby sad. game, I think, comes out like what this week. Jeez. That might be really it's good. A- I don't know. Uh, I forget what other Nintendo game comes out. Oh yeah, we've got the the Mario Strikers game getting a new game on the Switch. That and comes out, getting, and we're gonna have two Pokemon games this year. Yeah, like we got Arceus in the beginning of the year, and now we're getting Scarlet and, Vi- uh, and Violet towards the end. Like, yeah, what the hell is this year? I mean, and, and, and we're getting Switch Sports. Nope. Yeah, why not? Yeah, like. A Batman Arkham style game. Oh my god, Gotham we're getting Knights. Gotham Knights at the end of the year, too. Ah, mm-hmm. uh, God, I can't wait for that. I can't. I, 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 I love the Batman universe, I love what Rocksteady did with it, and I can't wait to see how uh, Arfield Stalker. Oh my god, yeah, it's a the video games are great, it's just there's too many that come out within the same like month. Which is yes. one of the reasons why I was like, let's put off putting an episode out because I want to get through some of this. And it's like, God. Uh, yeah. We are blessed, but we are cursed. There's, uh, there's, there's, like I said earlier, where it's like, you know, if there's one particular style of game that you don't like, there's a million that you do. And, and you know, when you have more overlap than not, you tend to, you know, there's just a lot of good games that you're going to end up missing out on just because, you know, like there's no way that you can play anything that's like an eight or higher because so many games are great to amazing quality that are being put out every week. Yeah. Yeah. 
And that's, yeah, it's, it's one of the things I love about gaming is like, there is that you, there is, it is like silly putty. There's a game for anybody, for any mood that you're in. You can just, if you're feeling down, you can play this thing that might lift you up. If you're angry, you can just go beat the shit out of something just because you want to get that frustration out. If you just want to relax and play a, 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 a game where you're just serving drinks to random strangers that come in, uh, and they just happen to be mystical creatures, you can do that too. Co- play Coffee Talk. It is a fantastic game. Um, yeah, it, I, it's one. Of the, uh, yeah, video games are great. And games are dope. All right, guys. Uh, I that's those are all the games I have. Unless you guys want to talk about something else, we can just go ahead and wrap the episode up right there. This, that works for me, man. It's been great. It's been fun. Thank you, Neil. For- that's Go for all it. that I had. All right, so. cool. All right, guys. Thanks, you guys, for uh, joining joining me today. Thank you, Neil, for po- uh, popping in. I appreciate Anytime. you on me. Yeah. Uh, we got to oh. have you on again because I gush with you, uh, gush about video games with you all day. Uh, anyways, uh, Neil, where where can people find you, bro? At, just follow me on Twitter at the young Neil, the young Neil, and yeah, just come for the bad takes and and. Packers tweets. Uh oh, you poor Packers. You poor Packers fans. Hey, uh, we're not long suffering like y'all are, so I mean yeah, we we we've been we've been through hell. The Raiders have been through hell for twenty years. Now we got now I have hope. Which is something I haven't had in Take care of my since, boy. since 2002. Uh Floyd, where can ever where can people find you, bro? Uh you can follow me on Twitter at FloydBishop3. Uh, you can also watch me on Twitch every now and then when I stream. It's the same, Floyd Bishop the Third. Uh, and yeah. All right, guys. Yeah, you can follow me at uh Afro Cyborg on Twitter. Uh, you can follow the show at Grab the Six. Uh, rate rate the episode, review us, subscribe, share with people. Uh, come hang out on our Discord. We we, we want to just ta- talk about video games or whatever the hell else we want. Uh, but yeah, appreciate you guys for listening and have a great rest of your day. Easy.